Welcome to worship with the Old Presbyterian Meeting House in Alexandria, Virginia. This virtual worship service is brought to you in a time when we join you in practicing social distancing to curb the pandemic virus. We pray that in the not-too-distant future we will welcome you in person when you visit us in Old Town Alexandria. Welcome to this online worship service at the Old Presbyterian Meeting House. Whether you are a longtime member or a first-time visitor, know that there is a place here for you. This is our 10th Sunday of online worship, and I want to applaud the staff for their expertise in making these services possible. We are slowly but surely learning new skills to enhance our ministry during this strange time of physical isolation. These skills are on full display today as our youth lead us in worship and do it with the addition of video. Special thanks to our youth director, Mary Pratt, and to all those who have contributed to this worship service. While none of us knows what the future will bring to the meeting house, I think you will agree that with youth like these, we will be in good hands. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for worship. Hi, I'm William Fitzpatrick, a senior and a part of the Old Presbyterian Meeting House Youth Group. Three simple words, let love lead, mean a lot to our youth group, and we've been studying these words and trying to practice their message all year. On our ski trip to Massanetta, we decided that these words were going to be the theme for our youth Sunday this year. We then began analyzing and dissecting each word to find the biblical message and implications of the phrase. The word let made the youth think of allowing or giving Christ the opportunity to enter and change our lives. The word love is more loaded and took us more time to unpack. We determined that the kind of love we are talking about when we say let love lead is not conditional love. That is, sub that is subject to change depending on the circumstances, but rather it's unconditional love that is freely given and never earned. An everlasting love. As a youth group, we studied Bible verses that re reinforced the existence of, and power of God's unconditional love. The verse that is special to me and also connects to God's unconditional love is Jeremiah th chapter 31, verse 3. It is special to me because when I received my first Bible in fourth grade from the meeting house, that was a verse that Dr. Lehe picked out and marked in my Bible. This verse is now coming full circle in my life because it's very meaningful to me sentimentally, but it also helps me connect even more to the message of letting love lead. The verse from Jeremiah says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. The love God shows us uh, is eternal and is the most powerful type of love. This type of love that we are given um, by God is the type of uh, love that we are trying to show others. Lastly, the word lead uh, to us meant that we need to allow God um, to take us in a good direction of faith. The word lead means that action needs to be taken in our lives to drive us towards Christ. So we started a group chat where we would send each other random acts of kindness that we did every day. These acts range from holding the door for someone or checking in on a friend that was struggling. 
We did these acts of kindness to show our unconditional love for others and try to live out the message of these words, letting love lead. Another perfect example of letting love lead started last week when I got a text from our beloved youth director, Beth Simmons, telling me to look outside. I jumped up and went to the window, only to see that her and her whole family were in my driveway with chalk drawing on it, messages of love. I was immediately filled with joy. I went outside, being, being sure to continue social distancing, and I greeted them. I asked why they were here, and they replied, it's because we missed you. This random act of kindness brightened my day. We chatted for a while, and I thanked them profusely for their expression of love for me. As they were leaving, they gave me and my brother a bag of candy. This wonderful show of unconditional love inspired me to go and do the same for one of my friends. Later that week, I went and stopped by one of my friend's house and texted him to come outside and look out his window. He had no idea it was coming, and he saw me, and it brightened his day, just like the Simmons had done for me. He came out, and we chatted and caught up. Later, he told me that it was a good surprise because with the current state of the world, it's hard to see friends, and it was nice to see me. This spirit of letting love lead and the love from Beth's family spread to me and then to my friend, that is what letting love is lead is all about. Letting love lead is always important, but during these hard times, it is especially important to carry out the message in whatever way we can. Today we have talked a lot about letting God's love shine through us and how we should try to let that love lead us as we live our lives. But what does letting love lead really look like? We have just heard some examples from our scripture of how the love in Let Love Lead appears a lot in the Bible. Whether it's the story of the Good Samaritan showing mercy unto his neighbor despite their culture's disagreements, or how Jesus seeks out Zacchaeus because he sees the good in every one of us. But not all of us have a mean tax collector up in a tree waiting for us to change his heart. So the question remains, how do we apply this message and let love lead in our daily lives? We apply this message by letting God's love affect both our actions and decisions in life. This can be as small as taking a breath before approaching a frustration or task that's been weighing you down, or as big as extending an olive branch with love in your heart to someone that you've struggled to connect with. I know for myself at least, there have been some times where it's very difficult to lead with love instead of anger and hate. Over the summers of my life, I've been at a sleepaway camp in North Carolina. This past summer was my first summer as a counselor in a cabin of 12 eight-year-olds. The days were long and hot, sometimes reaching over 110 degrees, and the campers were picking fights with each other for what felt like every other minute. One of my campers, Jack, was consistently lashing out at his cabin mates. He would accuse them of taking things that were his or scream at them if he felt that he was wronged. I was determined to confront him about this behavior. It was a day so hot that our clothes stuck to our skin, drenched in sweat from running activities all day. My cabin's table at lunch was unusually quiet, with all the kids too busy gulping down Powerade and water to laugh and talk with one another. After a while, a fight broke out over whose turn it was to fill the water pitcher. It escalated quickly and ended a Jack kicking a kid and knocking all the Powerade and water off the table, spilling it everywhere. I told Jack, Jack, go outside, I'll speak to you in a second. 
and as my co-counselor soothed the other camper, I marched to the door to meet him. I was really frustrated and ready to scream at him and chew him out right then and there. But I paused when I was a few steps from the door and thought back to a conversation I had the summer before when I was asking one of my older brother's friends what it was like to be a counselor. He told me, you always have to remember to love these kids unconditionally. Treat them as if they were your own. Many of them don't have people at home asking them how they are that aren't their parents. They may need that older brother figure that they can really open up to. So I went out to his sobbing Jack and asked him what was going on, asked him what was wrong. I told him, Jack, this isn't you. This isn't the kid who made a list of every single activity out here so he didn't miss one with his friends. He looked up at me and told me about how he felt like he had no friends or he didn't like it, it was too hot, and among a long list of disappointments. I told him it was okay to be upset, but it's not okay to push away those who can help you. Instead, you should let them be there for you when you fall. After we talked for a minute, he apologized and offered to clean up the table. And a few days later, I saw him on activity with the same kid he kicked. If I had led with frustration and anger, I may have just created another wall between Jack and I. But instead, he became one of my best campers. God's love can lead us down many paths. And the most difficult to travel is the path of forgiveness. I know when we feel someone has wronged us, it is easier to hold on to that hate and anger instead of turning toward forgiveness. However, God's love is unconditional, and we should live out this message by forgiving those around us. But we have to let God's love guide us to extend the olive branch to neighbors, friends, family, and we must forgive. But leading with love every single day can be difficult. It is hard not to let the anger get the best of us. It may feel easier to choose to hold a grudge over someone instead of forgiving them and starting anew. Luckily for us, we all have friends, family, and this congregation to help us stay on track. There are other ways to stay on track as well, like daily devotions, reading scripture, praying. All of these can help us feel God's love in our lives. Another way to let love lead in our lives is to share God's love with others. For a few weeks now, a big group of youth and college students have been exchanging letters with members of this congregation, sharing about their lives in quarantine and hearing about others. I have been fortunate enough to connect with some amazing members of this congregation, some of whom I've met in person, some of whom I've never had the chance to say hi to. I've received wonderful stories and excellent advice on what books to read, movies to watch, and what Lego Star Wars ships to build. Now, I would invite, if you all would gather your card making supplies, I'd like to invite you all to write a note to another member of the congregation, a family member, or a friend who needs some love during these uncertain times. Let us spread God's love by lifting one another up with messages of hope and love. Hello, my name is Lily Church and I'm a senior at TC Williams High School and a member of the OPMH Youth Group. Although my senior year is not ending the way I was expecting it to, I've made many lasting memories throughout my four years at TC. It is a very large school, so more often than not, you meet many new people through the classes you take. Last year, I walked into my AP Psychology class expecting to see some of my friends there, but I quickly realized I knew no one besides one girl who I only knew because I went to elementary school with her. We ended up sitting next to each other and slowly became closer throughout the first month of school. One day, she mentioned to me that her sister was unable to take her to school the next morning. I knew she lived close to me, but I was hesitant to say something because I enjoyed my solo drive to school in the morning. 
I mustered up the courage and offered her a ride even though it was way out of my comfort zone to do so. I know it sounds silly, but I was so nervous even though we'd been getting closer the, over the past month. The next morning, I got to her house and it turns out we listened to the same kind of music. I ended up driving her to school the rest of the year and continued to drive her to school this past year even though we no longer had classes together. I didn't realize that when I was offering a ride that one morning, I was opening up the opportunity to become close friends with her. This story was the first thing I thought of when I was presented with the question of how letting love lead can lead to new unexpected relationships. I had no idea at the time, but offering her that ride that one morning would lead to me making one of my closest friends. It can sometimes be scary to let love lead, but God rewards those risks. One way our church community is letting love lead is through Open Table. This past year, I had been given the opportunity to take part in this event that I had heard of before, but never had gotten the chance to participate in. My two friends, Caroline and Emily Surratt, who you'll see shortly, called me one night and told me, we're going to Open Table this week and you're coming with us. Shocked with how assertive they were, it took me a second to gather my thoughts. Starting in 2013, OPMH took on the task of providing those in need with breakfast. The ambitious church members who started the program opened up the possibility of allowing other members to take part in letting love lead. Not realizing that we would be going to open table before school, I questioned how we would have the time to do so. The thought of waking up at 5.30 on a school day was not appealing to me, but I agreed since I was curious how the church was able to run a program like this. The first time we went, we mostly stayed in the kitchen, unsure of whether or not we should go out and talk to the others that were there. As we continued to go every other week, we were able to meet many different people from many different backgrounds that we would have probably never met any other way. If Caroline and Emily had not taken initiative and invited, well not invited, but told me to go with them, I would have missed out on meeting some of the most interesting people I've ever met. With the virus causing many changes the past couple of months, Open Table is one program that has changed drastically. I, along with Caroline and Emily, were able to get in touch with some of the church members who make Open Table possible in order to ask them about the changes that have happened to Open Table and what we as church members can do to help. Here's a video we put together to highlight the, this important ministry and show the creative ways our church has adapted to make sure that love can continue to lead. I'm Susan Grandy and I've been doing Open Table since the first day and I think that was in 2014. So it's almost seven years old or something like that, long time. Um, we started Open Table because another church had a breakfast and we thought we could do this and we should do this. And it's just become part of my life and one of the better days of my week. And um, people who get involved in it have somewhat the same thing to say. It just becomes part of who we are. Um, thankfully, and so that that's it every Thursday. My name is Morgan Jones. Um, I think I started doing Open Table about four years ago um, with Susan. And what struck me um, is that it's more than just serving breakfast. It's it's not us or them. We sit down and we have breakfast um, as friends, as a family, and. We've built relationships over the years, uh, over the years, and um, I think that's a really incredible um, part of Open Table. It's more than just the food; it's it's really a community, and that's a testament to all of Susan's work that she's done, and all of the many volunteers who show up every Thursday morning and who help in other ways too. Um, not just the people who are there Thursday, but 
there are so many people who contribute to OpenTable in such meaningful ways. Are there any difficulties that you guys are facing with this virus and just how you guys run OpenTable now? I would not say difficulties. We saw this coming and we all just believed without thinking about it that we can do this. And we weren't exactly sure what to do and it kind of evolved, but we have followed all the CDC standards. We are very careful. We decided the first day we are not cooking anything or touching anything. So it was a bit of a challenge to find food that we could afford that was really good. And we have, and that's kind of expanded. The people go away carrying bags that I think are heavy. Um, so that's thanks to a lot of people. It just shows we have kind of a canopy and it has rained. Um, so we're out there in the rain, in the cold, in the dark and um, people can stay for one minute. We're working with four people or five volunteers on Thursdays and that's to keep the distance easier. And we have, <clears throat> I'm sorry, these packed lunches, which we do on Wednesday. So we don't have to assemble anything. It's much quicker than you would have seen when you come. It's basically greeting and handing out these big bags and it's not been a challenge, a hardship. We've had no problems. Um, we just have, sometimes we have to do plan B and it's all fine. Just building on what Susan said, there was this email thread, like right away when, when it became very clear that it was no longer safe to meet in a heritage hall in the same way. What was so amazing to me was the volunteers. Susan started this email thread and right away it was following the CDC guidelines. How can we do this safely? And I was so amazed, all the volunteers just chiming in um, right away, working through a plan. Um, it was really inspiring. Why is it important that we continue open table during this time? Um, we were just wondering how the people who normally attend open table have uh, been affected by you continuing this. Well, um, for the first, like, four weeks, we couldn't tell who was there because it was so dark and we saw them for one minute. But this past Thursday, we actually could recognize people. One of the difficulties of our old friends coming is we can't hug them. We can't even really talk to them. I mean, we all go out on the sidewalk um, and stand six or eight feet apart, but it's just for a few minutes. So that is our loss. We have lost a little bit of touch with each other and um, we have always listened to them and we've always prayed together in a big circle and now we can't touch each other. And that, that's been a difficult part. Um, so we pretty much look like a place handing out meals, but we call each other by our first names. And so there is a lot of joy there. Open Table is an extension of you know, what Rocky and Catherine and Anne have been preaching about and staying connected. Um, and what you all are doing and Mary and Noel and writing notes and staying connected and what Susan said, it's more than just the food. It's um, this beautiful um, extension of how we care and love for people in our community. That's a wonderful thing. Yes. Um, could you share a brief story from Open Table that may be meaningful for you personally or that is meaningful for others to hear that you've experienced over these years? One of the things that touches me a lot is about you all. 
um, I know you don't need to come. And we've had um, students over the years. And that really touches me that you want to be part of this. And I think a lot of people want to be part of it. But thank you so much, everyone, for talking to us. And it's awesome to see the awesome work that Open Table is doing. And I'm glad that we can share it with the congregation as well. Our lives are a lot different right now. A lot of the way we live is changing. The way we shop, the way we visit one another, the way we celebrate birthdays. Maybe it's also a chance to change the way we make decisions too and start letting love lead our actions and words. Maybe this looks like being nicer to your siblings that we've been cooped up with for a few months now. And by the way, Grace, it was really fun making this sermon video with you and hearing your awesome piano playing. What would that look like for each of us? I speak for everyone when I say the process of putting this together has been really enjoyable and it brought the youth together during our many meetings over the past few months. It gave us a break from the hectic world we live in right now and helped us focus on some positives in our lives. And we hope that y'all enjoyed watching this as much as we did. And in a time where our circumstances have made it tough to connect with people, we hope this helped you connect with others and your faith. Now it's your turn. We don't know what the next few months are going to be like, but we can still go out and spread God's unconditional and everlasting love. Make the change to let love lead our decisions now and always. As you could tell, this special Youth Sunday employed video for much of the recorded service. I encourage you to go to opmh.live that's opmh.live to see the entire service of May 17. I'm sure you will find it both meaningful and a source of enjoyment.